Uncultured. We are back for the first time in a while. What's up, Josh? What's up, man? It's been a minute since we've been here, but uh, we had good reason for that. We didn't. We wouldn't leave you guys hanging without any explanation unless it was out of our control. And uh, we had a whole little like guns COVID spike. Really bad car accidents. Oh wait. Oh oh oh. Wait. What did you say? Luckily, we did not get into bad car accidents. Um, but. The studios were just closed for COVID, and then I got COVID, and shit got busy, and now uh, this is the first week studios are back up. So this has been two months since we did a show. That's wild. I know. It sucks. But hey, we're back. We're back. You're wearing an awesome Strife shirt. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Old school. Old school Strife shirt. On the back of it, it's uh, it's still the Southern California straight edge Strife shirt. Amazing. Yeah, old Am- school. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and that song you just started off with really got the party started. Winds of Plague. Man. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with Winds of Plague. Not at all. But That was epic. Yeah. Fucking awesome band. Um, actually, their first three albums... I worked on whenever I worked for Century Media. Uh, that track, for as good as that sounds, that came out over 10 years ago. That song only got better as it went on. Like, it just kept getting <laughs> better. It just kept getting better. It was so fucking sick. So what's been interesting to me, and I, I think you and I have talked about this before, but um, whenever whenever we get to, like, the first quarter of the year, mm-hmm. I end up listening to a lot less hip-hop and a lot less R&B because there's a lot less new music from those genres that come out. And what I ended up doing was I kind of went down the wormhole of just going back and listening to a bunch of, like, hardcore and metal and all of this shit. And um, I kind of had a little renaissance for the mid 2000s deathcore era the myspace deathcore bands Um, because i worked with winds of plague uh when they were signed to century media suicide silence was a band that i worked with for their first couple albums when i was at century media as well and i get really like reminiscent on that era because those bands were so good and took so much from like like what became the current hip hop scene, you know, all well, I'm, I actually have somebody who's a new artist that I'm going to play that fits that kind of bubble later in the show, but it kind of went from being like SoundCloud rap to emo rap. And now the new emo rap is like very, very deathcore, like heavy metal influenced rap. Mm-hmm. And I like the shit. I've been listening to a lot of artists that I had never given any listens to before over the past few weeks. And shit is good, man. And it got me hyped. And yeah, Winds of Plague um, from right here in L.A. Did you ever get into the Deathcore era at all? No, no. Because not. a lot of the... During the, MySpace, I was listening to all the, you know, all the, all the emo shit. Here, you know. <laughs> all of the metal dudes at the time hated Deathcore. Um, because they were like, oh, it's the scene kids and it's the hardcore stuff. And they it's, only a, it's wanted- a mix of like two groups of people that usually hate the other group. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. Well, what's <laughs> funny is whenever I was really into that shit, yeah. all of the like real metal dudes, quote unquote, hated it. Yeah. And now whenever I went back and I started looking at like what people think of the deathcore bands now and, and of the deathcore era, it's all the fucking death metal nerds who are like, this band is the most brutal band of all time. And I'm like, bro, we tried to tell you this like 15 years ago. <laughs> shit is tight.
Shinigami, Bio Machina. Josh, what did you think of Shinigami? That was your first time hearing Shinigami. Banger. It was super dope. Banger. But as he and I were just talking off air, this is like, this, this artist, Shinigami, is technically considered a rapper from the era that you and I grew up in. That's new metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I fuck with it. I like it. I think yeah. it's I think it's got good rhythms. I think it's uh it's super heavy. The on the chorus when he starts screaming, it gets really brutal. Yeah. It's got the dance beat in there. So what's, like what's crazy about this type of artist, like you just said, like this is not rap to us, but if it's rap now, sure. I bet you if you ask them who their influences were, they're gonna name you some rappers. And you're gonna be like, wait, but your music is like it's like it's like metal. Yeah, which is what's interesting because um, I actually I was watching an interview with Lil Yachty, who uh -huh. doesn't sound like this. Yeah, but they were asking Lil Yachty his influences, and he was like, "You know, I have a lot of I have a lot of influences um, outside of of hip hop." And they were like, "Oh, well, what are you listening to?" And he was like, "Oh, like the Devil Wears Prada and Under Oath and Shit. stuff like that." And Let's now you go. have all of these dudes yeah. who are doing this style of music, but yeah. it's instead of a band they're themselves and it's just like a one-man project but it blends all of the kind of hip-hop stuff and you know 
I there was some artists like I like some little peep stuff, not a ton. I liked some of the triple X stuff. I know you're a triple X guy. Yeah. Um, not a ton. But it was all of the like emo rap, and now it's becoming straight up new metal. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, I like it though. So shout out Shinigami. Um, we got a lot of sports to catch up on. Oh man, yeah. So we do. you're, and I, I don't, I, I still don't know if I can call them your Los yeah, Angeles correct. Rams. Neither can, neither, neither can. I'm a transplant. They're a transplant. We kind of like, I get like the green light on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, so, yeah. So you heard it here first. Josh is trans. I'm trans. I am. I'm, tra- I'm trans uh, Timul. Yeah, trans Timul. I like yeah, that. Trans Timul. The Rams won the Super Bowl. Yes, they did. Um, great game. Rap, one, rap, of the, one of the better Super Bowls in recent memory. And you know me, I always am open about it. I'm not a big NFL guy. Yeah. But um, fucking awesome game. Yeah. Really good. It was so good that it, like, this was my situation. So for those of you who don't know, I'm a Do- Miami Dolphins fan. You know, yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we haven't been good. We're getting better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For being a bunch of racists, yeah, but <laughs> but I, but I, I've been living in LA for eleven years, and the Rams are a new team. It's a new stadium, and like nobody in LA, you know, everybody likes the people that are actually from LA, like either the Raiders or the Niners. Right. The right. Transplants are the ones that are claiming the Rams as their teams and I'm a transplant and my team sucks. Which so. you know is also weird to me because technically speaking the Rams were an LA team Before more more recently than the Raiders were. More recently. Yeah. That's right. Cuz the I looked this up cuz I was interested because when the Rams last won the Super Bowl, I was a huge I was a kid at that time, you were a kid at that time too. Yeah, but Warner. I was a huge fan of that Warner, Marshall Warner. Falk, yeah. Tory Holt, the greatest show on turf. Yeah. And um and they played. There's in, a movie about it now, by the way. Is there? Yeah. Oh, I would check that out. Yeah, that sounds cool. Cause I loved that era. Yeah. I was a big fan it's of about, that team. It's about uh, uh Kurt Warner's like story. Interesting. Yeah, played I would by check that out. Zachary Levy's playing him. The guy from Shazam. I don't think you I know, know who that, that is. is. Mm. I didn't see he the looks, new Shazam. But he, lo- he looks like him. He looks like him. So it's okay. Good. Yeah, good. I, I'll check that out for sure. But yeah, so uh, that was '99. When they won in St. Louis, you know, they played in L.A. until 95. Man. The Rams were in L.A. till 95. That's when they moved to St. Louis. Wow. And, and so they are technically a more recent L.A. team than the Raiders were. But, yeah, to your point, most people are Niners or Raiders out here. So yeah, hardcore. So yeah. I'm a transplant. So I took the Raiders. But but it changed my Super Bowl experience because I'm like, you know, every year I'm like, okay, games on in the background. We're playing drinking games yeah. we're just, and just like eating shit. Now you're so, locked in on the yeah, game. Yeah, so we're, my, we're, we're trying to play Ring of Fire in my in my kitchen. I'm looking at the game and all of a sudden, you know, they, they came back and I'm like, oh, oh fuck, okay, I got to. As soon, even when the game started, I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna watch this. And then I'm like, fuck, now I'm watching the whole fucking game. I'm not like drinking and shit like that. I wasn't part yeah, yeah. but but I'm, I mixed it in. I mixed it in. So um, what I thought was interesting, and I went back and looked this up to, to double check myself. So L.A. wins in L.A. Yeah, nuts. First. Last year, Tampa won in Tampa. Oh. Before that, no team had ever won in the, the city that they're from. The last two years it happened, though. Crazy. Um, the, the closest it came before was in 85, the 49ers beat the Dolphins, and the game was in Stanford, which is 45 minutes an hour from San Francisco. Yeah. So that's close enough. 
Um, and then in the 80s, in 1980, actually, the Rams lost to the Steelers at the Rose Bowl. Um, so it's pretty interesting that throughout the entire history of the NFL, it's never happened, and it happens two years back-to-back. Wow. No, no, no. Super, super. That's fucking super ironic. Let's talk a little basketball and get cut up on some basketball news. Ben Simmons has finally been traded. Josh, we were texting. The day it happened, we're like, I'm like, Josh, you happy now? I'm happy he's gone, but I don't like the trade. For, I don't like. For, yeah, you got. Uh, so, I don't like giving up Seth Curry. That was a big one. Two yeah. first round picks. Huge. Ah, it's a lot, bro. Huge to get Harden, who you know I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. And Paul Millsap. I'm like, I don't, we were fine. We were fine without him. Make him sit his ass out for the season. I, we were fine. We were rocking. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just, we'll see. Harden, win now. Harden isn't going to play until after the All Star break, so we'll see what how it how it goes. But like, I I was really happy with the team. Philly was fifth in the in the East. Fourth, they were fluctuating between like third and fifth over the time uh, for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. I was fine with that. I thought they they were playing well together. I really like Seth Curry. Um, I don't love this trade. Those two picks. That's a bi- that was a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one. For Harden, who's 32 and is going to be a free agent after this season. That's the dude. I, I don't love that. Yeah. Um, the other one that was, I think, more shocking than Ben Simmons for Harden is Chris Stapps getting traded out to, to Washington. Washington also doing really well and just blew their team up at the, at the trade deadline. <laughs> Straight up. So it was Porzingis and a second round pick and they got uh and they traded away Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. And Dinwiddie has been fucking lights out for them. Lights out. They also traded Montez Harrell, which I did not like as either. They traded him to the Hornets. Mm-hmm. So I was just like how great for the Hornets. Yeah, yeah, seriously. He's been playing like a beast. Yeah, he'll be good in the Hornets. They need him. But bro, like, what is up with your your team was doing way better than anyone anticipated. And you blow it up to bring in Chris Stapps. I don't who hasn't impressed me in a few years. I know. Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie was chilling next to Beal. But, uh, hey, I don't know. We'll see they what the s- unicorn does. They say they're trying to do it to save Beal and keep Beal in Washington. But I'm like, Beal was playing really well with Dinwiddie and Montrezl. I know. They were doing good. I don't know. And Chris, I mean, Chris Apps, dude, is a risk, man. Yeah. That man never plays. Injury prone. Always. Hasn't been impressive since he played for at the Knicks. All. And look at Luca. Luca's like, peace. Yeah. Well, we were talking at the beginning of the season. There was rumblings that Luca wanted him out of there. Yeah. So, like, obviously, they were obviously. shopping him around to get him out. And I think it was a good trade for them. They've know? been winning. Dallas has been winning since 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 Porzingis left. Yeah. I I don't love it. I don't love either of those trades. But um, your heat, you want to yeah. you want to brag to everyone about your man, heat? man. I don't want to. This is the first time <laughs> we're like we've been good like since the big three that we just had like we're just like before we were like number one, number two, number three, number number two, number one, number three. Now we just been number one, just sitting sitting two games ahead of everybody, and it's it's kind of nice, Josh. It's kind of nice. We lost a game yesterday, and for the for the first time, I didn't care. Yeah, because um, you- they have they keep going on runs. You guys are, are are you one game ahead or are you tied with Chicago? Because the last time I looked at the standings, we were you're tied with the, Chicago. Yeah, I think we're one ahead still. And, um, dude, like, what, Kyle, Kyle Lowry just said this on an interview. Like, we're not even, we're, we're, we're not even at our best right now. 
and we're not even trying to be there right now. We just so happen to be here at number one. We're just playing. We're not supposed to be hitting our stride right now. Like, we're only going to get better. And I believe that. Dude, when Depot, Depot's apparently, the rumblings are that he's been good. Like, he's already good. We just don't need him. And he's only going to get better. And we're just going to see him for the playoffs. But apparently he could play, or he's going to play. They gave him, like, a date to play. He's about to start playing now, dude. Like, I can't fucking wait, dude. Yeah, team has been looking great. It's a, it's a, And it's a fun team to watch. Like, whenever, <sighs> you know me, I throw games on on League Pass. Yeah. I never throw on a, a game outside of the Heat. When the Heat are playing, that's the game I'm putting on. Dude, that, that bench. Everybody off the bench is just so exciting. Like, it's, ah, man, they're scouting. It's like what, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jalen Rose. Dude, Coach Spo is the best coach, man. That guy, He's good, yeah. He just draws some plays out. Genius. Yeah. And for a second there, I started to think that I, I almost texted you about it when Drogic got traded because the, <sighs> the rumor was they were going to cut Drogic they were gonna, or buy him out. And I was like, you guys are going to bring him back too. I know. but <laughs> Used was, him to get Lowry and then bring him back midway through the I, season. I feel bad that we didn't show interest in Drogic, man. I kind of felt bad for him. Yeah. Uh, they traded him to the Spurs and it, every report said the Spurs are going to buy him out when the trade goes through. Um, and then they didn't. He's he's playing yeah. for the Spurs. So yeah. I guess we'll see if if that amounts to anything after the All Star break and they buy him out. But I was also impressed, or impressed is the wrong word. I was surprised that you didn't see some of the the kind of fringe teams who are underperforming make any moves. I was really surprised the Lakers weren't Lakers, making any moves. I mean, there is what move is there to make? They were trying to trade Russ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was talk of uh, who were they trying to trade Russ? Oh, they were they were saying John Wall. They were, yeah. they were going to okay. swap those two. I would have done it. I would have too. I would have done it. it. Both teams have nothing to lose at that point. They're going to send John Wall and like a pick or something like that. It was not just John Wall. It was him and like some other. It was nice. Yeah. And all they do had to give Russ. And I go, okay, bye, Russ. And they didn't do it. Russ has been terrible. And it's like, I get it that John Wall is like injury prone and like he's talking, you know, I mean, but he's about to come back from injury. He's about to be good, ready to go or to play. So the thing is, he's not in shape or some shit, right? So the thing is, is like he's cleared to play. Yeah. But Houston said at the beginning of the season, we're going to commit to this young uh, guard lineup and we're not trading. We're not playing Wall. We're going to shop him and trade him. Yeah. And so he just hasn't been playing. So I'm sure he's not in shape like Simmons currently. But He's healthy. And frankly, what you're getting out of Russ, there's no point in keeping Russ. That's what I'm saying. So Give it a shot. Let's say he does play good and picks up like a minor injury that he'll just be out for a couple of games. It's still better than Russ. Yeah, yeah. That's my take on it. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you about the Heat. So yeah. you're number one in the East. Mm. But are you concerned at all about the West? Because the top three teams in the West have better records than the Heat. Correct, correct. Memphis, Memphis. To be honest, the only team that scares me is Memphis. So, because if we're in the finals, Grizz, you know, Warriors, and uh, Suns. the Suns have mm-hmm. a better record yes. than you guys. And the only team that scares me out of those is Memphis. One, because that's the only team out of those three that we've lost to. And because usually when we get to the playoffs, even, even in the series with the Lakers that we lost, we lost because of injuries. You know, Jim and Bam got injured, plus Tyler. Everybody got injured. Um, in the bubble, we do good with adversity. If we're the underdog, that's when I'm betting on the Heat. If the Heat are the favorites, 
You know what I mean? I don't like that. Well, let me tell you this because I find this pretty interesting. So you, I know you just said you're not uh, worried about them, but the Suns have the best record in the league. Yeah. They are, have a six-game lead on the rest of the league going mm-hmm. into the All-Star break. In history, there's only been three teams to have a six-game lead at the All-Star break. They all were Michael Jordan-led Bulls teams, and they all won the finals. Wild. So it's like... Stat. It's a great stat. Crazy that yeah. they're that they are where they are. Yeah. And like you just said, you're not intimidated by the team. I yeah. they're mostly flying under the radar for people. Yeah. No, I somehow. know. I'm saying we played them twice. We won. We beat them. We played the Warriors. We beat them. Ah, uh, they don't worry me. But they, if they go to the finals, and let's say Suns Heat, they're gonna be the favorites because they have the better. I like those odds. I like the Heat as underdogs. That's when they do the best. That's what they are. They're dogs. The problem where if they face the Grizzlies they'll be even more on the dogs and their dogs as well, which is why they're doing mm-hmm. so good. So it would be it would be amazing. It'll be amazing. Memphis, Miami, that would be mind blowing game. I mean series. Mm-hmm. But that's the only reason why the Grizzlies scare me the most out of those three teams. And really like we still haven't seen the Warriors at full capacity. That is true. Because uh you know right after they're saying right after the break is over, they'll get Draymond and James Wiseman back. Mm-hmm. So and they just started playing clay recently. So that's the that's the reason why we beat the Suns and we beat the Warriors because we have the best like perimeter defending. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Lockdown like from threes, people shoot the less threes against us. Those are two big heavy three-point teams yeah yeah totally makes sense let's talk a little combat sports a lot has happened in the combat sports world tell me this did you ever expect francis Ngannou to beat cyril gone via wrestling no josh we (laughs) we did not see that coming josh we did not see that coming when he came out in the knee pads i was like or or the 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 braces i was like what what is Francis wearing us for? And that right there should have been assigned to Cyril Gaunt. Something's up I with that know. leg. Yeah. I know. I was surprised that he didn't read that because I was like, what the what the hell is that? Yeah. It was like Cyril Gaunt was like in Derek Lewis mode when he fought Ngannou. It was just like he was just slow. He just was like not doing much. And Ngannou was the aggressor. Yeah. And he got what he wanted. We were surprised. He did good. He's showing really good evolution. What I said from the beginning mm. was like everybody that asked me, I was like, I think Ngannou cruises. I didn't think he was going to cruise in that fashion. Yeah. But I just have, I've okay. said from the beginning that I wasn't impressed with Cyril Gaon. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. I didn't think he'd really beat anybody all that impressive. Yeah, I right. didn't like the way he fights. Um, and so I thought it was Ngannou's fight, but to see him do that, I was like mind blown by that. I was like, wow, if obviously he had to, because he had a tour in ACL, yeah. but if, if that is a new element in his game, that is going to be a nightmare for any heavyweight to deal with. Very impressive that Cyril Gaon didn't get knocked out. Like... Yeah, but you know that should be good on his head, on his mind. That should be like a good, like oh fuck. But you know what? I mean, like he couldn't put all his pressure into in his, into his punches because he had a torn ACL. Yeah. So it's like, hey, all all things um, all things where they were. That was pretty interesting turning of events because you, I would have expected somebody to get knocked out in that fight, mm-hmm. but to to have the torn ACL and to be able to 
wrestle for the Take first a, time yeah. ever with be the, successful. Yeah. I don't know. I was really impressed by that. I thought they would destroy that leg, dude. The minute he came out with something on his leg, you're like, uh, you better bite that fucking leg. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. That was really odd to me well, that he didn't put that together. I feel like we're going to get a part two, so we'll see. Well, you know who's up first? Bam, bam. Oh, Tui Vasa. Tui Vasa. Oh, yeah, dude. Tui Vasa versus Francis is going to be fun. Who know? Uh, you know, they're going to play. let this Francis contract thing play out yeah. for a minute, um, which is stupid because we all know that it's going to end with Francis re-signing with the UFC. Yeah. There's no other scenario that happens Yeah, there. man, it's sad, but, like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, because I would love, now that we just saw Tui Vasa uh, beat Derek Lewis in the fashion that he did, mm-hmm. We just saw this new version of Francis. Like, I'm itching to have that fight, and we're probably yeah. not going to get that for, like, nine months, I bet. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I'm so, I'm so happy for Tui Vasa because Tui Vasa's had a, a weird little journey. He was hot coming in. He was hot off the presses. Like, he was, you know, he was a big – before he chugged the boot, you know, even before that fight. Like, he was just like this – he had so much good, like, talk coming, and then he started losing. Yeah. Well, and that was the – He was supposed to go straight to the top. That was the funny thing about him – you know when it all came full circle for him? Because I remember, I think I brought this up on the show when he fought, but there was the fight he had where I think it was the first win to kick off this latest like win streak uh-huh. of him coming back. And they were asking him about what he thought of the heavyweight division and if he had aspirations to fight for the title. And he was just honest and he was like, well, I think I already fucked that up. <laughs> and then he's been cruising since then, looking really good. He probably just had that pressure on him, you know? Yeah. He just kind of, yeah, he kind of got back to having fun in the in the cage, and it shows. That's it. He's been great to watch. And his cardio's looking better. I think that's a big key. He used to he used to be, start gassing, and that's when he got sloppy, and it was he was just looking for a slugfest, and now he's looking more clinical. It's nice. He's fun. Yeah, he's fun a fun fighter, fun personality. He's good for the sport, and... Yeah. Um, you know, I want to see that fight sooner than later, so I hope they get that lined up. But speaking of another fun to watch fighter, I love watching the evolution of Izzy Man. He is just so good. I want to know your opinion on the fight with Whitaker, and it, I have my opinion, so I want to mm-hmm. hear your opinion first mm-hmm. on what you thought of that, and if you were giving Whitaker rounds during that fight. Izzy is the best fighter in that division that being said i thought you know going for izzy thought izzy would win he did do i think he won yes do i think it it was closer than it was yes i do think whitaker did good and i don't like it's true what they're saying i don't like how the champs now are just sitting back i thought his fight was a little bit safe for me a little bit safe and that's the only that's the only thing I have to say about it. I thought Izzy won. I thought it was clear he won. But I think he played a little bit safe, and I don't like that from the champions. And we've been seeing that a lot. I think I think that's just part of the evolution of the sport, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially a guy at his level, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I've cleared out the division. I fought multiple guys in the division twice. Mm-hmm. I like. Okay, what I'm I'm not gonna put myself at risk. I'm gonna go out here and dominate the guy and win. End oh. end of it. Because the thing that people have been saying, a lot of people have been saying, "Hey, I thought Whitaker was winning that fight." I did not think so. I thought maybe he squeaked a round out. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like bell to bell domination. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, Whitaker never put him in harm's way, even when he was shooting for the takedowns. The take he didn't do any, anything with the takedowns. I know, but you know how scoring with that goes, or how it should go. Yeah, but if you my my thing about that too is like I think it's on the fans and the judges to, and and Rogan and guys have talked about this for years. It's on it. It's on you to know whether someone's in danger in their positions. Yeah. Yeah. Because it sh- you shouldn't just be scored well for getting the takedown if you yeah. did nothing with it. Like, if you didn't advance position, if you weren't even swinging on him, if you weren't landing any strikes, if you weren't threatening submissions, yeah. you didn't have anything. Yeah. So that that's the way I looked at it. I, I didn't like all of that. And for Whitaker, this was funny to me, too. For I don't know if you caught this, but for Whitaker to say, oh, yeah, I thought I had done enough to to, to win the fight— your fucking coaches were telling you in the corner you're losing. Yeah. How did you think you had done enough? If your coaches are telling you you you're losing, yeah. Right his now, coaches, you're down. his coaches did the did their jobs. Yeah. Which is as me with my fighters, I I have to. I'm some some don't. A lot of them lie. A lot of them lie, and I'm like, no. Nope, yeah. If you're losing, you need to know because I would want to know if I'm losing. We've talked about that a bunch. Yeah. There's a lot of coaches that'll tell you, oh yeah, great round, great round. And his coaches, to their credit, were like, you're not winning this fight. Yep. And he didn't do anything with it. Yeah, he because he knew he had nothing for him, which is what yeah. it was. Which is what it was. It was sparring for Izzy, and it was you know. But I think him with the takedowns, and he ha- he was a little bit aggressive. He could have squeaked around it too. So I I liked that Izzy already set like, and this is something that Izzy was on uh, Flagrant Two yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was talking about it to Andrew Schultz and Akash, where he was like. I'm at the point now where I need to start building these guys up to come fight me so people want to watch the fights still. Oh, there's that one there's one fight I want to see. Dude. So, I what I was going to ask you. So, he obviously uh, fought on the same card and set up the Cannoneer fight right away. Cannoneer should be the guy in my opinion to get the next fight, but I think I know who you're going to say. I think you want and I think a lot of fans want to see him fight Sean Strickland, but I don't I don't like Sean Strickland. Again, no. like a Cyril Gaon, I don't think Same. you're a good fighter. Like, I'm Same. not impressed by you. No, I want the Canyoneer fight. I think the Canyoneer fight will be good. That's the next fight. That's the fight that makes sense. And that's the only fight that I think in Izzy's head he goes, okay. Because oh, he, if he hits you, you're going to sleep. Canyoneer is another weird one. Like we were talking about with Tuivasa, where when I was working for the UFC and Canyoneer came in, People were like, oh, yeah, another guy. And then somewhere along the way, and and he was, like, dropping fights, too. It wasn't like he was just, like, running through everybody. That's why it took him so long to get to this point. But at a certain point, it just clicked for him. And I always like watching that progression with the guys. And Cannoneer's not a young guy either. I think he's, like, 36 or something like that. You know, he's older than Izzy. He's a physical specimen. Yeah, really impressive. He is really athletic. And I think it'll be fun. I think it's a good fight. But the fight that I that no one's talking about is still down the line, is the the Pantera, his the the only the last guy to knock him out in K one. Yeah, I mean the thing is he's in the UFC now. He hasn't lost. He's knocking fools out. Yeah, he hasn't fought anybody though. Sure, let him go up. That dude has more fights than anybody in the fucking entire roster. But here's here's what I was gonna say about mm-hmm. that. I I have been bitten by this too many times mm-hmm. to. Just expect the guy to to produce at this level in the UFC that he did in in K1 or in kickboxing in general, because 
it's people don't talk about it a lot, but it's it's the same thing as like what happened in the like early mid 2000s with the wrestlers who had no hands mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, you're coming in with a very elite skill set. But we oftentimes don't see that pan out. And so we don't know how this guy's going to do. He hasn't fought anybody of, of any kind of note thus far in the UFC. Yeah. So, Two so we gotta, because what I would say to you, because I was actually just talking about this on a separate topic with, with one of my friends, um, but I was always a giant Goken Saki fan. Yeah. And do you remember Saki getting knocked out through his gloves? Yes, but he was older and he was past his time. He wasn't past his time. He came in as a fucking monster, but he just wasn't he he didn't do as far as I know, no. all respect to Saki, legend. He didn't do any kind of MMA training. Yes. Pantera's been working with Anderson Silva for years personally mm-hmm. for three years plus that is a lot he is he is coming how old is he do you know he's older yeah that's what i thought that's the only thing because i in thought my head. i thought him i would have to go and look it up yeah. and you know uh and, and he's see, brazilian so but, he looks way older than he is and here's the old. other thing with the brazilians is he really that age or is yeah. he even older yeah. we don't yeah. know but, but he's still, he's still, he's in his prime. He had the belts, but you know, he had all the belts. Now he came to the UFC. I think he, he should be more of a story, which I don't know why he's not. Because he's I, not a showman or something. I, I think he's not a showman. He's older and he hasn't fought anybody doesn't in the speak UFC. English, doesn't speak English. Doesn't yeah. speak English. That's another thing. And if I remember correctly, because um, I, I remember looking that up, but it was been a while because it was when UFC, when Izzy came into the UFC. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a situation where it was like a guy in his prime beating a young up and coming guy. Yes. And now Izzy's the guy. So it's, you're correct. It's kind of like if, that is true. What if we had Canelo fight Floyd next month? Yes, that is Canelo true. Canelo smoke. That is true. That is true. So is I, true. I wonder if that's what we're going to see with him. I wonder that you're right, which is probably why, because there's a reason that they're not selling that. Cause that's a big if people like knew who the fuck he was and like what he's done. People mm-hmm. would be like, holy shit, this guy. Yeah. I, I think we'll have to wait and see how he yeah. does. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. Izzy, Izzy has done a fairly good job in becoming like a well-rounded martial artist. Yeah. And a lot of these kickboxing guys don't put in that work, especially at that age. So I guess we'll I, see. And you know why I like the odds real quick? Yeah, I mean, Izzy's not going to take him down, which is his only threat. So that's why I think it'll be a good fight. Let's see, if, let's see if he starts climbing the ranks a little bit faster. So I'll tell you something else that I'm really interested in uh, coming up this weekend. We've got, on short notice, Bobby Green stepping in to fight Islam Makachev. Man. I was really looking forward to seeing Benel Darush fight. Um, so was I, everybody else. I really like Darush, and I thought that was going to be a, a really tough test for Makachev. I feel like he hasn't fought anyone at Darush's um, like all-around caliber. Correct. But, man, it's such... Uh, Sorry. I, I've always loved Bobby Green. Sorry, and Bobby Green. See, seeing him get the rub in, in Houston and the way the fans reacted to him, I'm excited to see him step in. I don't think we see the, the Masvidal shocker <laughs> run here. Yeah. But, you know, good on him for stepping in like this. And that builds, builds a lot of goodwill with the UFC. It does. It does. It does. But poor Bobby Green. Makachev is just going to get, uh, like, because he doesn't have to fight Darush now, yeah. he's going to get walked into a title fight. Yeah, I hope he doesn't um, I hope he doesn't beat up on Bobby Green too bad. To be honest, like that, I'm, I, that's how good he is. Like, I really hope he just, like, 
you know, I hope he just gets him in a choke or something and he just taps out real quick and it's <laughs> nice and easy. I hope he doesn't like squeeze anything too hard because the, the levels are just not even close. And But but yeah, he's going to walk into a title and I can't wait. <laughs> what about uh, next Saturday? Speaking of Masvidal, we got Masvidal versus Colby Covington in the main event of UFC 272. Yeah. I was just talking about this uh, with a, a friend of mine who is a sports writer who is covering the fight. I know you, your Cuban roots, your Miami roots, and I agree with you that we all love Masvidal. Yeah. Is there any way that you see him winning the fight? In the same, you know, he's done it before. And that's it. He There's always a puncher's chance, and this is the guy that you want to have that puncher's chance. Do I see him winning this fight? No. The only thing that you can give him is he has, like, years of experience of training yes. with Colby and knows and what he does. he genuinely hates him as well. See, I don't think that's a good thing. He's not, you know, you're right. You're right. You should be more calm if you do hate somebody, but I think that he wants to beat his ass, and I think that's going to give him a little bit more of that, like, or at least in training, you know what I mean? If you hate the person, you train extra hard. You you know what I mean? Because if you're losing, that's why it's like it's good to give yourself that mental like enemy. You know what I mean? But this mm -hmm. guy is literally his actual enemy. So I think that's in the training that's really pushing him. You know, George always has the best wrestlers in his camp. You know, Bull Dickel's one of his really good friends, one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Like he he's gonna get some good wrestling in, but Dude, I think Kobe will take him down. I'll tell you one thing, though. Kobe just, his hairline went from here to here <laughs> in, a, in, in like a year. Like, he is not aging well. Like, what happened this year? I was like, Kobe's a younger guy. And then I saw that, I saw the side-by-side the -side photos. I'm like, he doesn't look like the younger guy any, anymore. Like, no. you know, he's looking a little old. But, you know, George always has a puncher's chance. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, the Colby is definitely having the LeBron effect. Each time you see him, <laughs> the hairline's back a little further. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have money. He should, uh, He, you know what he should do? This would be hilarious. I encourage anyone to do this in a grappling sport because I want to see what it looks like. Mm. You remember when Boozer... The the it became a meme because Carlos Boozer came out for an NBA game and basically they had like painted his head. Oh, with <laughs> the with, with the spray, like with the, the spray, the little lineup and shit. I want to <laughs> see someone fight in MMA with that so bad and have to grapple for five rounds. Yeah, you know, just starts coming off in the eyebrows, <laughs> just and running shit. down. <laughs> That's funny, dude. The other one uh, that that we'll talk about quickly because we were not here to talk about it when it happened, and now the rematch has been set via Tough Thirty. Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena. So no one saw that coming. Obviously, they're going to coach opposite each other on the new season of Tough and then run it back. But what were your thoughts? On the fight? Yeah. Dude, Juliana Pena, you've always known she was coming. Just We just didn't know that, like, can she hang with Amanda Nunez's size and, and, and stand and stand up? But, dude, she just kept getting bigger and better and just coming. And she was hungry. And Amanda Nunez, the reason we're getting this so quickly is because, you know, dude, we've seen this before. She took the foot, off, you know, what's it, off the pedal. She yeah. just, she did not look good. She looked heavy. I mean, she's a mom. She she just, I'm just worried that she's past that point of, like, in in her mind. Could be. She, I feel like she just cares about being a mom right now. Totally, rightfully so. She's done it all. She doesn't need to prove anything. Um, if she loses, Josh, this next one, is that it? 
I mean, if she loses this, she's still got a belt. Yes. So until she loses that, but like, won't you want to, isn't it better to just go off into the sunset with the belt? I, I think so. I think that's probably what she would do or maybe yeah. have one more fight in, in the 45 division and, and hang it up there okay. on a win, okay. maybe yeah, on a win. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely seems like that may not be her prime focus anymore. Um, obviously leaving ATT is something that nobody really saw coming, but you know what I'll say? And this is, I, I don't want to take anything away from Juliana Pena because what we saw was her basically follow the, the Kat Zingano blueprint from a few years ago of like baiting her in to punching herself out. Yeah. Because that's, that's, what, that's what it was. She gassed yeah. out, which is why, you know, I don't think she was training as hard. Um, yeah, there's that. And then, you know, the other thing that was so impressed impressive to me about Juliana Pena when she won the ultimate fighter and started her UFC career mm -hmm. like I was saying back in like I it had to have been if not 2014 then for sure 2015 like when she was headlining a card against Misha Tate and I was like this girl is going to be the girl that beats Rondo like this girl is that girl yeah and then she had the stumble against Misha yeah. then she had that crazy freak accident where she tore both her ACLs that was it and then You're she, like, she's, she, and then be she became a mom, mom and all of this climb back. It really cool to see. It's the really best, cool it's the best story. They're going to make a movie about this in, in the future, but dude, I think she does it again. That's the thing. I, I tend to agree with you because you know what, it, what I akin it to Weidman and Silva where the first one, everybody's like, how, how? Yeah. And then Weidman went on his run for a I little just think, bit. I just think, she, yeah, I think it's her, I think it's her mindset. She's out. And once you're checked out. We'll see. She changed. I mean, she left ATT, which is a good move because when you're so comfortable somewhere, it's dangerous. Yeah. When you run that place, you go in there, it's the same little routine. You need something to switch it up, get in your mind. She needs to like go to Brazil and just like train in like the hood and, and like, you Oh, know. she ain't doing that. I know, <laughs> but that's what she needs to do. So I guess we'll, as the fight gets closer, we'll start seeing how her shape gets because if she needs to beat Juliana Pena, she needs to get like a rocky shape. She needs to get like be in the best shape of her life for her to beat this girl. Cause if not, she's not going to, she's not going to win it. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the rematch though. Yeah. I, I mean, nobody would have ever predicted that in a million years. And now we get to see it for a second time. And I Can't think wait. I, you know, yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's all you can really say, but I'm going to throw us to break, come back and talk about some non-sports topics. Um, this is Mussolini and 38 special new track called Don music. We'll be back with you momentarily on uncultured. So, Let me talk to him real quick. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. I'm really tired of helping out. I'm unappreciated. I'm going to go the selfish route because all these rappers is telling lies. Talking about heated marble floors. Must have wrote that rhyme in somebody else's house. They want me off the street, so I chill. I fell on my back and got back on my feet when it helped. I'm on a beach to myself. I'd rather be killed before I let you get a piece of what I built, nigga Mussolini. These niggas want me dead and put prices on my head. I told them do it freely. Cause the TV is the only place your shooter see me. What he gonna do, shoot a TV? Do you believe me? Amazed at the things that I do illegally. International, my reputation supersedes me. Huh. 
I really live a frugal life. I make bitches take layovers through the night uh, on Google flights. Clean get away, got a boat in the driveway. My skin weighing ton. We ain't come here to play king for the fun. Stocks and investments, I bought Glocks. For all of my henchmen, private parties, and that all white linen cost 750 on the yacht blowing sticky. My bottom bitch with me, her bag of Birkin, she really earned it. This game ain't perfect, still ball on the court. She know her purpose, I ain't even got a word it. Pockets loaded, she labeled me a poet. I'm just surfing, but the fans all quoted. Stunting in the firm, city view, from the house out of Jersey. Before anybody, you gotta see it first. Really shit I ever heard, you gotta know your worth. You know the gods run the earth. Damn, match you what you have to do on the night. My clear bubbles for the times when ain't had shit. This that baby lost that did cash flips. This that baby lost that drink activist. Put a price on his head, get the tag ripped. 40,000 in my pants, I ain't flash shit. Niggas keep asking about the vet, bitch, we crashed. Come and fuck one of my niggas, get your ass dead. Happily hopping on that road, got me mad. Rich. Yeah, park the forums when we slide, we in fast whips. It's 21 inside my block, this my savage. We get 120 a pop without asking. So I buy a Gucci shirt without the jacket. Fuck a heart, I don't love no bitch, I love fashion. A nigga violate the game, get his flag took. Even if it's Halloween, we still masked up. Like every time a nigga die, they come ask us. Yeah, this that baby loves asking for dollars. I was fucked up, they knew I'd be a problem. That 550 blue, I used to drive inside a Honda. A matte black coupe, bitches screaming out Wakanda. I'm about to fuck the city up, I'm Kwame. I caught something out the blue, a body. He said he took something from Los, he lying. I put a lot of niggas on, so they ride. clear bubbles for the times we ain't had shit. This that baby lost, that did cash flips. This that baby lost, that drink activist. Put a price on his head, get the tag ripped. 40,000 in my pants, I ain't flash shit. Niggas keep asking about the vet, bitch, we crashed it. Come and fuck one of my niggas, get your ass dead. Happily hopping on that road, got me mad. that baby face they ain't wanna see. Might be sunny to you, but it ain't nothing to me. Mind clear bubbles for the last 10 winners. He say he a big fan, nigga come and spend with us. I told him hit the car or whoever sitting with him, fuck him. I ain't Jesus, man, I swear I'm tired of saving niggas. I don't do the tricks, man, I fuck a walk. Anytime I can up a block. When you got it in, niggas fake, bitches fuck a lot. Used to see baby lows run the one, now he run the block. Flood the whole city full of beans, finna flood a watch. Exotic smoke spilling off my jeans when I'm jumping up. Mind clear bubbles on my seat, that's how I'm coming up. Mind clear bubbles for the times we ain't had shit. This that baby lost that did cash flips. This that baby lost that drink activist. Put a price on his head, get the tag ripped. 40,000 in my pants, I ain't flash shit. Niggas keep asking about the vet, bitch, we crashed it. Come and fuck one of my niggas, get your ass dead. Happily hopping on that road, got me mad rich. Mark clear bubbles for the times we ain't have it. Nas, LVs, and double Gs on the jacket. 200 on the dash, you can't catch me in traffic. Drop a hundred on your ass, don't be playing with that package. You wanna see a nigga do some magic? Turn 50 grams to 100, wear it up and back. Stuff 50 grand in my new Amiris, now I'm sagging. Had a crack house when I was 19, I wasn't scamming. Sent the weed back to the plug, cause it was barren. 20 deep in the back of the club, going hammer. She with me, doing shit you wouldn't believe, all on camera. Drunk a three, now a nigga moving slower than my grandma. Got Adam 22 on this. Back with you on Uncultured. That was uh, three, two, one. Back with you on Uncultured. 
that was Baby Money and Babyface Ray and Peasy called Montclair Bubble, uh, dope track. I really, uh, I really like. I, I like uh, Babyface Ray a lot. I like Peasy a lot. I was new to Baby Money, but that had kind of like a uh, like an old school Two Chains vibe to it. I fuck with that. You fucking love Two Chains. I do. I love Two Chains. Who doesn't? Um, do you think Kanye West loves Two Chains? Because he doesn't seem to be loving anybody right now. You are correct, Josh. I wanted to talk about Kanye because this shit. I want to talk about Kanye. Is too. actually fucking crazy to me. Yeah. So <laughs> the. Obviously, like, Kanye is not mentally well. Correct. Um, I did have a change of mind, in my opinion, on this. Continue, okay. Continue, so, I'll tell you what I Yeah, so I want to hear what your change of mind is. But before before I ask you that, yes, I don't love Kanye's, uh, like, fans cheering him on the way they are on social media right now. Because he needs help? Because he needs help. Yep. And I don't think that he recognizes that. Correct. And I think that all of these people like gaslighting him on social media and making him think that, oh, this is great because he doesn't rec- he doesn't register that they're making fun of him. Yes. And to me, that's alarming. Yeah. What what is your take on this situation? And then I'll go through the, the yes. point by point of it. So, so, so number one, yes, he needs he has mental health issues that he doesn't realize. And like you said, all these yes people around him probably are telling him he's fine. Whatever. He clearly has issues. And he needs to definitely get some help on it. Because the whole thing with Kim, too, is also like, dude, like, move on, dude. She doesn't want you back. Like, you're embarrassing yourself. Bro, like, I've been saying, I might have said this to you privately because uh-huh. I've been having this conversation because, you know, everybody's talking about this topic. Of course, of course. If this was not Kanye West and it wasn't like a freak show for people to, to laugh at. Yeah. This is like... Like horrifying stalker, stalker abusive. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I called this out. I think on the show before we had the the break because I think you know all this stuff was already happening then. Mm-hmm. When he bought the house across the street, I yeah. was like, "That's fucking crazy behavior." Yeah, and then it's gotten worse and worse yes. and worse and worse. Rightfully so. She's holding his kids against him. That's a different story. She's not though. How? No, Tell I know. He, no, I know. He was literally just at the game with his kids. Because the my whole thing with that is, hey, if my husband, my ex husband, is displaying these types of behaviors, mm-hmm. I would be second guessing when and how the kids should be around too. Because you're unwell, yes, and you're behaving erratically, mm-hmm. and you're doing all of this live for the whole world to see. Yeah. The thing that other the other thing is um, two days ago, three days ago, whenever it was, he started posting that he wanted his fans, if they saw Pete Davidson out, to scream in his face and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're you're going to cause actual harm to someone, yeah, because your fans are acting on your behalf, mm-hmm. and now you're encouraging face to face confrontational actions you're you're going to fuck something up here Mm -hmm. whether that's pete getting hurt whether that's some fan getting hurt Mm -hmm. there's a lot that could happen here it's not good no it's not good he definitely needs to get some help you know yes people he's musical genius he's the greatest i get it still should get some help everybody nobody's too too 
too cool or too big to get help, right? Or to speak to somebody. That being said, the, the, I am siding with Kanye and I wasn't because I love Cuddy. You know, I love Cuddy. I love that project. I love everything previously of, from Cuddy. Um, I do think he should have took his boy's side. I do think he should have took his boy's side. You, They've been friends for so long. They've been friends for so long. For him to leave, to stop, to to take to go start hanging out with Pete Davidson, the guy who's banging his buddy's ex-wife, I think he should have stood up for his boy a little bit more. Uh, Kanye, you know, voicing out his opinions on social media and Twitter is definitely the wrong way to handle anything. He's definitely handling it the wrong way because he's got he needs help. But I do think Cuddy should have uh, Kanye shouldn't have blasted out Cuddy, but I do think uh, Cuddy should have stood up for his boy. So I. I'm going to disagree with you from, mm-hmm. from this side. Yeah. Um, number one, I hate Kid Cudi. Like, I don't like Kid Cudi. <laughs> no, you don't. So I'm not even trying I to be like don't. a Cudi versus Kanye guy. Yes. But Cudi's been friends with Pete Davidson this whole time, too. This isn't new. And my opinion of it is if your friend is having a, a psychological break, mm-hmm. It's not like if you were having a psychological break, yes. it's not on me to back you up in everything you're doing because I'm going to look at what you're doing and say, this is fucking crazy behavior. No, not back like, me up, but so I thought, well, what I, what I was reading was he introduced Cuddy to Pete. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Pete or vice versa they, or whatever the fuck. They met through being around one another. Yes. But like, okay, I'm not going to name names because I could mm-hmm. put a scenario together of people that we all know, uh-huh. but that doesn't help. But just so just so you know where I'm going, like if I am friends with you and we all hang out with this other person mm-hmm. and I'm now friends with them too, and then you start having a psychological breakdown and you're displaying all this erratic behavior – I, it's not on me to say I'm going to be your, I'm going to ride with you versus this other person who's not having a psychological break just because I knew you first. Like that's, that's like a a really twisted way for Kanye to be looking at it. And I understand where you're coming from. Like, Hey, like if it, if it's just me and you Mm -hmm. and we have another friend Mm -hmm. and like that guy ends up being with, with your lady. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to ride with you. You're my boy. Yes. But if you're having an actual breakdown and mm-hmm. I can't even relate to you on a human level anymore, yeah. I don't owe you that just because I knew you first. Correct. You know, it's it's a it's a weird game for Kanye to be playing out publicly. Yeah. And the other thing for Kanye wanting everybody to respect his his mental health. He's fucking with two people who have extensive mental health issues. Correct. So it's like, dude, you're extensive. You're right. You're you're not right here. Yeah. Like you're just not you're right. Kanye. That is. Then then another thing on Kanye. Then let's say it is. You're, let's say you're right. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like, yeah. I do think he should have. In a matter, he should have. If they are as close as they say, then I think he should have. Or or when Kanye did insult him, I don't think he should have come back out of him on Twitter and been like, "Dude, fuck you." The best I've been the best thing. If you know he's having your friends, if your friend is having a mental psychological episode or whatever, you should like tell him on the side, like, "Yo, bro, like, yo, we're good." Like, settle it on the side. I don't think he. I think by him going back on Twitter made him look bad. Well, what they know though, mm-hmm. or what they say, is that Kanye does not allow for that criticism to happen privately. Um, 
because let's let's roll it back yeah. a couple years now. Jay Z cut Kanye off for years. Um, who else? There was another name that came to my mind uh, that just that just slipped. There's there's been mo- John Legend. That's who it was. John Legend was Kanye's boy. They came up together during the whole meltdown that started when he decided he was going to run for president and he was crying about how he was going to have his daughter aborted and he was glad he didn't do it. John Legend was like, dude, I just, I'm out. I can't. I'm out. Like you've been doing this for years now, dude. Yeah. Like, and you don't let anybody that's close to you have try to help you. Yeah. And we saw that Jay came back into the picture for a hot second and then Kanye went down this dark path again and Jay was out again. He's out it's like, quick. Yeah. It, it's like he's displaying such over the top destructive behavior yeah. that I, I don't think it's on, like if I was having that kind of a breakdown yeah. and you literally couldn't help me, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do? Yeah. I, it's a weird one. I, it's, a sad, it's a sad situation. It's a very sad very situation sad. for sure. But, and like I hope Ye gets help. Um, but I also just. I, I don't, I'm trying to think who it was. Some, have, you, have you seen the doc? No, I haven't. Start. It's so nice. You need to watch it. I, I, the thing about yay is I love yay. Yeah. I love old school. Yay. You know that. Yeah. And to me, I think I need a degree of separation to be able to sit down and like, give it a good watch mm-hmm. because I feel like if I watch it right now, I'm going to be looking at this Kanye and not seeing the Kanye that I actually like have a, a deep appreciation for. No, you will. And you're going to feel like I feel you're going to feel even worse for the Kanye right now. Yeah. Cause you're watching that and it's such a Josh, it's such a good feel. I was like telling Nicole, it's one of the best docs I've ever seen. It was like the Beatles one. I can't believe there's this much footage of it. Mm-hmm. Like the Beatles are just fucking doing like regular things. I'm just there watching. Like I can watch hours and days of that. Like I did. It was super fucking long. It was like six hours of Beatles footage. This thing is definitely shorter than that, but it's so much footage of him and you see him arguing with people and you see him confronting them. And it's such a good, he just like, he was in it. He was, he was there. Yeah. He was there. And to see how he, how he is now, it's even sadder to see the disconnect, how far he's come. It's, it's, yeah. it's wild. He's gotten to a place where like he, he didn't listen to people before. That's yeah. how he got where oh, he is. Honest, yeah. And now he is like, he needs some help and he's not, gonna listen to anybody I know. it's just i am uh he's one of those those I wonder people if there's anybody they can get to him he's one of those people where i look at the situation and i'm like man i don't see this ending well and i hope i'm wrong same but same. but yeah i don't i don't really like it and i like straight up the stuff with kim whatever you think about the kardashians is irrelevant yeah. Yeah. like this is spousal terror and abuse yeah. and it needs to be called that like people should stop normalizing what he's doing and stop like playing into it. Like yeah. the shade room. I, I went through the other day and I unfollowed a whole bunch of shit that I followed on Instagram. Cause I was like, this is just like really toxic. And these people are preying on this guy they're, who they're, thinks yeah. that they're doing it to help him. Yeah. Like that's how far gone he is. He thinks they're doing it to help him. And it's, it's kind of sickening. Yeah. Um, and also now we can crack a little bit of jokes. For somebody that I thought was like before all of this, I was like, oh yeah, Julia Fox, really, really hot after seeing her in the movie. What a fucking psycho bitch she is. Man, you're reading all this stuff. Like this whole thing, 
she is a clout chaser. She she is she is, she is <laughs> disgusting, bro. Yeah. Like this is one of the most gnarly things. And to step in and and act like they have such a passionate relationship while he's like clearly grieving and chasing his wife, and then putting out all of this personal business to gain clout. Um, it was kind of bizarre. Very weird. Yeah. Very weird. It's very rare that you're going to have a conversation with me where I'm like, yeah, Azalea Banks was right. <laughs> this whole Azalea Banks calling uh, Julia Fox out thing. I was like, man, Azalea Banks, you're really onto something here. And that shows <laughs> the levity of the situation. Yes, straight up. Um, and then they mysteriously broke up on Valentine's Day. It was all, it was, this was all just like fake. Yeah, very, very you guys weird. banged a couple a couple times and had had some fun, and that's it, bro. It as soon as that that Instagram video started coming out with uh, with Mayweather and AB and all of that, yeah. Madonna, yeah. I was like, this is so made up and weird. Like, this is clear. None of these people would hang out. It made you feel uneasy a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was like, wait, are they all to get? Well, why are they? How did this? And you know what it is too. It's like okay, if you saw. Yay and Mayweather. You'd be like, yeah, okay, I kind of get that. If you saw Mayweather and AB, okay, yeah, yeah, I, okay, sure, you know. What is Madonna doing there? <laughs> <laughs> I, that was, to me, was the monkey wrench. Where I was like, yeah. Madonna, what, yeah. how did this come together? Just jumping on, vo you doing vocals for the game's new album? Like, what's, <laughs> I mean, maybe, that's probably why she was there. Madonna's not on games Do, doing some vocals doing a Madonna's little Madonna's not on games if that if that happens shout out to Chuck I would love to <laughs> listen to Madonna on the game album a little sample but, of but man I will say that song is dope the yeah. song and I Easy. I like game yeah. I've always liked game yeah. um I brought him up about the Super Bowl shit game should have been there I understand why he wasn't more so than he does I guess yeah. But I fuck with it was. I thought it was clear why he wasn't there. Yeah. It was clear. Yeah. 50 Cent's a bigger name. Sorry. So the other thing that, well, that we need to talk about here is the attempted cancellation of Joe Rogan. Yes. We have a show, um, and, you know, I'm always going to defend the right to say whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, but I thought this, this whole thing with Rogan was very, very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my own theories about it, but before I start diving into it, yeah, um, tell me what you have thought about <laughs> this because I know that you and I have different Rogan op opinions yeah. and situations. Mm -hmm. Period. Yes. Um, my thing with so so. Let me just get this out first, right? Like I was wearing an Onyx shirt the other day, and someone was like, "Oh man, you're wearing this because like because you're standing in solidarity with Rogan or whatever." And I'm like, "Look, man." I don't, you know, Rogan's not my favorite. Do I think he should be canceled? Hell no. Hell no, I don't think he should be canceled. Even though I don't, I don't like the things, he, I, you know, but just because it's not my opinion doesn't mean the man should be canceled. I think, I don't think, you know, I think like Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, those people should get canceled. You know, Michael Jackson, if you want to get technical, should be canceled, you know. Um, There's nothing technical. Michael Jackson molested children. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. People don't want to hear it. People get so mad people about that. Hear I'm like, bro, I'm like, it's come clear. On. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw the Janet. Side note, I want. I saw the Janet Jackson documentary. Amazing. Side note on on your side note, I just saw uh, Janet Jackson in a photo with Snow Allegra because they went. She went to see Snow perform and saw two R and B icons together. Yeah, I was like, yeah. she's amazing. Yeah, but she's I would great. I would love to get Janet Jackson in a room. 
Side note, the side note. Everybody, go watch, listen to Janet Jackson if you haven't. Like, just go back, awesome. go back. You know, so good. Go, go back, yeah. listen to all of them. Okay, yeah. now we're back. back on. She, I want to get her in a room and be like, or like record her. Like, just want, I want to, I just want you to see the documentary, Janet. I just want you to see it. Yeah, yeah. And I want to look into your eyes two minutes into that documentary, and she's gonna, she, dude. Anybody with two cents sees yeah. that and knows he fucking did it, but. Back on, on Rogan. Like, yes, back to Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Rogan, in my opinion, here's here's what I've been telling people. Mm-hmm. Number one, Joe Rogan, despite how he is painted by the media, mm-hmm. is not a political figure or attempting to be a political figure. Correct. Um, my opinion on the JRE is, uh, and I've said this off mic to Josh a whole bunch, I used to watch it all the time. It was really entertaining. Had a lot of people on it that I wanted to hear from. Yep, same. Over the years, it's gotten to be like less people that I want to hear talking about things that I'm not interested in right. or that I just like don't agree with. Um, and so I don't really listen to, to Rogan like that anymore unless there are people on the show that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a week or two ago, he had Akash from Flagrant 2 on. Um, Akash had just put out his comedy special, which is great, by the way. Bring back Apu. It's on YouTube. Really funny. Go check that out. Uh, people who like our show will laugh at that. It's it's really good. No, but yeah. he was on Rogan, and it was the day after this whole thing happened. And so I put it on because I was like, oh, I want to hear what Akash and Rogan talk about. It'll be fun. And they talked about this a whole bunch. And um, Joe said, I think this is a political hit job. And I do too. And I'll tell you where I think it's a political hit job from. Whenever the um, election cycle was happening and all of the Democrat candidates were going on the JRE, um, this has kind of been brushed away, but this is where it started to me. He had on everybody, for the most part, he didn't have Biden on, but he had like most of the people who were running for their Democratic nomination on. And at the end of it, he was like, you know, I... First of all, let's let's clarify. Joe Rogan says that Obama is the greatest president he's ever seen in his life. Whenever he was doing all of those interviews, he came out and he was like, yeah, if I was I'm not endorsing anyone. But after talking to all of those candidates, if I was going to support somebody, if I was going to endorse anybody, I think Bernie Sanders makes the most sense out of anybody that I've talked to. He was like, I think he would be great at it. And right then is when the like the democratic party really went on an all out assault on him. And like Bernie had to walk back and apologize for going on the show and all this stuff. And it was strictly because Bernie was already surging and Joe was saying to his audience who are very impressionable as to his opinions. Hey, this guy, Bernie is probably the the best guy. And they didn't want Bernie to be the, the democratic nominee. Mm. Um, and this whole assault started happening. And then all of the, like, Democrat-leaning media outlets like your CNNs and stuff, they started just catching all of this Rogan stuff. It's just like whenever they were going off on him about ivermectin and saying he was using horse medicine. And I even had to say to people, like, hey, I don't know that ivermectin is going to help with COVID, but, like, they've used ivermectin for tons of things in humans for decades. There's a Nobel Peace Prize given out for ivermectin. So I thought that was weird. And then it's just gotten more and more and more. And then when Trump was finally voted out of office, 
they kind of made Joe like some weird Trump figure that the mm. Democrat Party likes to attack now. It's just very odd to me. That's what I take away from it. And again, like I say that I set all of that up to say I don't listen to Rogan's show anymore. Yeah. I haven't in ages outside of like if he's going to have Joey Diaz on or something like that, you know. But it's just weird to me to see this whole thing. It doesn't doesn't add up to me. Yeah, you know, if he goes off air, I wouldn't give two shits. But he's not going to go off. Yeah, air. he's not going to go off air. Yeah. It's I just don't think this whole canceling thing is just like he's not. He's not. He's definitely not a racist. You know what I mean? Definitely not. Definitely not a racist. Who Who has he been most publicly associated with for the last decade? Dave Chappelle. Yeah. You think Chappelle? Think about all the stuff Dave Chappelle stands for. You yeah. think Chappelle's just going to hang out with a racist? Yeah. He's there's not. No, there's, no, there's no way. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to get at with this is like Rogan's not going anywhere. Spotify came out and said, "Hey, we're not." taking yeah, him he's off there yeah and if if they did he would just go right back into his own his own his audience own thing again, yeah go to fucking apple music like that'll be he, terrible for spotify because that's the thing they don't need he doesn't need them they yeah. just gave him so much money that he was like yeah, yeah <laughs> like, that's how, that's how big he is, give yeah. me that money sure but he could just go right back to doing what he was doing before yeah. um so that happened um there's been a couple other people that they tried to cancel Chappelle. Yeah, Chappelle's not canceled. Not gonna get canceled. Few other people have had this happen recently. They just did it with Whoopi Goldberg. Um, and my question to you is: mm -hmm. Do you think cancellation is canceled? <laughs> it seems like it's over. It seems I like hope, we're not canceling people I anymore. Hope so I, I hope do too. So or or just like it's so watered down. Like save it. For the motherfuckers that are like, yes, save it for the mother, save it for the Cosby's and the R. Kelly's and the Michael Jackson. When it started, there was good reason to start it. Yes, Harvey Weinstein. Yes, canceled, gone. Yeah, Cosby. Yes. Like these people that are like criminals yes. and disgusting people. Mm -hmm. And then it just got down to like every day, Twitter had to find somebody to cancel. Delia got can He's still working his way back. Delia's back. Yeah, he's, he's Brian Callen is back. You know? Ke but it's is it funny how they're now doing like it's crazy how they, they, they restarted they're like little they're like little worms again you know they were butterflies and now they're back to yeah now yeah. they're back to like they're doing the small shows yeah and they're doing like they're just testing the audience testing the waters and they're making their way back up they're just climbing up again you know um our our buddy was on a show with Callan yesterday mm -hmm. at, at the um, yeah at the laugh factory I wish I could have gone yeah. I'm I you know I I was never like a big fighter and the kid guy I mm -hmm. like. I've met Callum before. He was always nice to me. Mm. I've always had a, a nice relationship with Shab. Um, but it's just, again, it's to like, you only have so much time to listen to, to consume so much content. And that mm. just wasn't a show that I really was paying attention to. But it seems like it's doing really well still. I don't yeah. know. You know, this canceling thing kind of needed to happen because it kind of like any, you know, people, especially men, do need to know that like there's, oh you gotta, yeah, you, you got to be, you got to fucking be careful. You can't be doing this shit. And you got to be respectful. Yeah, this shit's like done, dude. You can't be drugging off in front of bitches and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, and I only call them bitches because I don't know their names individually. Um, and <laughs> the other thing, you know, Louie. Louie yeah. didn't get canceled. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing, I think Louie was the first one where people were like, this is a little... Because the only person who came out that I remember, I, I don't want to speak on behalf of everybody. I don't know. I'm not... I'm just talking. I don't have the facts in front of me. But... The, the thing that kind of, I think, saved Louie was people knew this 
about him. They knew he did that. I knew that. That's how known that was, that he would masturbate in front of women. Yeah. I knew that. I'm not a comedian. I'm not in the comedy world, you know, but I knew that. And when that story came out, Sarah Silverman came out and said, yeah, he always asked. She was like, he asked me. And I said, yeah. (laughs) And then he would do it and it was fine. It wasn't a big deal. And people were like, wait, so people are saying that he jerks off in front of women and that's wrong, which is correct. But then you ask one of the women and she's like, yeah, he asked me if he could. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't speak apparently for they said, apparently with him, They said no, and he didn't. That was the problem. With I don't know. That's, Again, I don't know. That, I just know that the the only woman who addressed it that I am familiar with is Sarah mm-hmm. Silverman, who was like, yeah, he used to ask me if he could do that, and I would say, yeah. Yeah. I think he just reached a point where he stopped asking people. Okay. He just got too famous. And if you do yeah. that, you're a fuck. And that's your thing. Yeah, you're Chris a fucked Dalia, up person. Chris D'Elia, you got a little bit too high. So that'd be a little bit too much of a fucking prick and you got knocked down a couple pegs. Yeah, the Dalia thing is a weird one because Dalia was talking to girls on social media where there's messages of these girls telling them that telling him that they're not 18. Yeah. And I know and I and I know of Same friends. thing happened to uh the dude from Brand New. That's that what, what happened? That's what happened. That's why Brand New's gone. That dude was uh like Talking to like 14 and 15 year old girls. Josh, yeah. no way. I didn't know this. Yeah. That's because they were just about to launch their like big. I remember this because they put out that last album and they had announced a tour. They were playing like fucking Madison Square Garden and Dude, Staples and all that. Nicole has no idea. I had no idea. My fiance definitely does not know this. She yeah. was brand new. Oh, the, the main brand new guy was, no was like uh, uh, supposedly underage girls. And there's like, when I say supposedly, it's just because there's not a conviction, but you can look it up and there's photos of what he was sending these You girls. know what's sad though, Josh? I feel like, I feel like during the MySpace era, I feel like there was, and at these shows, oh, I, bet you yeah, the, I, bro. Bet you, I bet you they all did it, dude. A lot you, of them did. Lot of them. Warped I'm sorry, Tour, I don't want to say everybody. Warp Tour had a big problem with that for a long dude, time. Brandon from Panic at the Disco, I know some friends that were Well, and here, here's the thing. Um, actually, and I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due, because uh, and he's been on our show. Mike Tully brought this up on one of uh, one of his shows when he was talking about like the emo scene. Mm. And he was talking specifically about the dude from Brand New. Um, and he, he said something that stuck with me. He was like, you know, when we're growing up and we're listening to like the emo music that we grew up with or a lot of the, the scene music from that era, mm-hmm. it spoke to a part of ourselves that it was speaking to this kind of like angsty teenage situation that you go through. And that's how, that's how you get so close to it. And then you get to an age as the brand new guy where he's like, pushing 30 like us and it's like how are you still able to communicate at this level with teenage girls Mm -hmm. it sets up a weird thing where okay that's who your fans are that's what you're making your music towards that was your heyday you know and yeah and you're you're still a part of that and it doesn't it makes it it's obviously still wrong but it also it sets up a weird thing it's like okay well how do how does uh how is there any grace for someone who never got that out of their mindset? No, there's not. Cause you're doing something that's illegal and, and very hurtful to, 
to people. But I can, it's not hard for me to look at that situation and see how he got himself there. Yeah. This is who your fans are. These are the people that care about you. This is who you're writing music for. This is who you're around every night. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you're going to turn into a fucking weirdo, I think. Yeah, dude, that's actually a pretty valid point. If, it's, if your demographic is teenagers, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. all of the, and that's that's why I brought up Warp Tour, not because there's anything wrong with Warp Tour. We love Warp Tour. Yeah. I mean, if they brought it back, I would go. I mean, I'm going to the to when the, we were young. I'm yeah. going to the much more expensive. I version. got that on the list to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It, it used to be forty dollars. Now it's fucking two hundred dollars. <laughs> but yeah, like. It, it, and we're the exception because I, we're the ones that are paying what you would pay to go to Coachella know, to go to that. I know. Generally speaking, that's like a $20 ticket at the the Roxy or something. You know, you know? why? I think because they figured it's a one-time thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a yearly. So what we're talking about, and Josh and I are both really pumped about it, is pumped. when we were young. The festival that's coming to Las Vegas in, is it October or November? I forget. October. October. Um, that is like every emo and pop punk band that has ever mattered right. with the with one glaring exception that i brought up to you which is isn't it funny that newfound glory is not on this bill well, you and know then why. Yeah. yeah and and then we were like oh yeah Haley probably yeah. didn't She's want that no chance dude. <laughs> yeah. and it's like why people are like why is fallout boy not there i'm like because well they're fallout boy they don't need to be there but they you know if they're gonna be on there they're gonna headline and they were like we need to have Paramore headlines. Well, and also, I would say this about Fall Out Boy. They got their start in scene, but they did not remain a scene band very long. No, they no, quickly no. were like mainstream pop radio making anthems and all of this stuff. They were they had maybe like two scene albums. Everybody else that's playing there is a scene band. I would say four four and then it and then it went and then it went full pop. Then it went like, I can't listen to them anymore. But the first three for sure were yeah, the first straight, three albums, straight roots. Yeah. But they were but they were the front runners. They were the ones that kind of pushed it and made it popular and made it and brought it out to TRL. And so everybody's like, you know, thank them. Yeah. Thank them. But but and they are they are still like they don't need to do this. You know what I mean? They don't and Paramore is only doing it because they're gonna get back, they're gonna bring a new album. And they just you know what I mean? But they also don't need to, none of these people need to do it. The other bands need to do this shit, you know? Well, I think what it is, is, you know, it, it's it's like Coachella in the sense that, hey, we need to have the one heavyweight artist each day that's really carrying in the load. And it's then, only one day, so. It's- it, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm just making the Coachella thing of like, hey, yeah, could Beyonce sell out any show she wants to do? Yeah, but does it make sense for everybody if she's on one night of the Coachella lineup? Yeah. And so that's, you know, you're always going to have those top heavy, um, those, those headliners for that Mm -hmm. reason to headline, Mm -hmm. to sell all the tickets. And then you make these kind of like bespoke all the cart packages of where it's like, okay, well, we know that Paramore is going to sell 10,000 tickets. Mm -hmm. What if we made this a scene kid dream? Yeah. have Paramore headline and then charge everyone $500 to come. Yeah. And it's like, we saw them. It's funny because, you know, seeing them, seeing them in Warped Tour, specifically Paramore, dude, I like spoke to Haley. Like I remember that moment. They weren't big yet. Oh yeah. This yeah. was like, before, you know, like Riot has, didn't even come out like on, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, you're seeing these bands coming up and now headlining what is, you know, almost 20 years later, 
this like festival. It's so crazy. Yeah, I'm super stoked for it. I genuinely do not want to go to an all day festival. Same. But this was one where I was like, man, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's just one day. I texted you. You didn't answer me, by the way, but I texted you another festival that I was like, are we going to this? That went on sale today, actually. And I'm talking about Tony Hawk's Weekend Jam in Las Vegas. You did? Yeah, I texted you this. Who's on it? So um, it's going to be Modest Mouse, Descendants, X, Cold Cave, The Vandals, and Devo. And then... (sighs) I have to go. And then... A skate jam with Tony, Christian Hasoy, Caballero, Bucky Lassick, uh, Andy McDonald, Kevin Staub, Sandro Diaz, and Lizzie Armanto. No, no, we have to go. Yeah. I didn't know Devo was there. You should have just said Devo to start. <laughs> yeah, Devo is, uh, is up there. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony is doing uh, his own Las Vegas festival. It's in the spring. I think it's in May. People know Devo for their funny hats in that one song, but... Devo is the shit. Bro. Devo is the shit, people. They're just not that one, two songs that you know them from. Their shit rips. So I don't know. I know he's talked about it publicly, so I'm not spilling any beans on this, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this. Um, did you know that Tony is doing like a Broadway show? Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going to be like a Cirque du Soleil style show where there's yeah, going to be skateboarding during mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. And Mark from Devo is writing all of the music for the show. I did not know that. Yeah. I do know that Devo, when I saw Tony, I wanted to bring this up. That was like the one thing that I was like, if I have a chance to like chat up with Tony, it to be talking about, just talk about Devo. Cause I, I, I read somewhere, did I hear this somewhere that Devo's his favorite? Oh, he said it on Smartness, that Devo's his favorite band. Yeah. And once I heard that, I was like, oh fuck, that's sick. Yeah, and Mark is doing, so he's gonna be using some Devo music, but he's writing a whole plays worth of new music that is going to be the music for this show Yo, it's really cool i'm down let's go yeah we got to do it fuck we're going to vegas three times this year now. <laughs> always good reasons to go to vegas though having gone to vegas for years i'm like i'm retired from vegas i'm done three three times i'm going this year i'm uh i'm going out maybe either next week or the week after to scout some ellis mania locations oh, yeah sweet, so sweet. ellis mania will be a fourth reason for you to go to vegas that's uh, right later this year but uh You're listening to Uncultured. I'm going to throw us to break and then come back with our last segment of the day. I'm going to throw it to some real L.A. hip hop. Uh, Probably my favorite thing happening in L.A. hip hop at the moment is a a group of young dudes called Baby Stone Gorillas. This is Baby Stone Gorillas and Big Sad. It's called Mainline Uncultured. We'll be right back. And be calling in. Nigga got to talking out his neck, don't rep can get his too. Thunderdorm trip from MCJ down the wayside. Nigga can't tell me I wasn't walking down that main line. MCJ phony 700, I'ma bang mine. Squabble up, we thundered after showers on that main line. Throwing up that big ass jungles, I'ma die beyond. Bro, running still in the field, I'm out here paper chasing. Mama looked me dead in my eyes like saying you go make it. 
same young niggas, yeah, we something like the big three. Still ain't update the resume, get away from me. Been down for too long, yeah, I want the greater things. I won't be busy, private jets, but that ain't great to me. I'd rather fly my family out of state, nigga, worry free. My niece asked without famous, I told her probably. Section ain't living, mom struggling, but she made it happen. Christmas coming up, I want them J's, I should've stacked it. Duck it out the crash, hit the gate, shit, I couldn't stash it. Sometimes I think to myself, I shouldn't skip the classes. Out of my hallways, we always used to get it bragging. Teachers calling my phone, like, why your son always absent? She asked me where I've been in the streets, trying to make it happen. I guess I'm seeing great things, man, I gotta have it. On the set, play me like it's that, then I'm mad, nigga. Then I'm mad, nigga. Down, caught up, he ran. He was a fat nigga. Boom and quirk, catch him in a tank. We gon' max, nigga. Run on four fades, ball him up, and we gon' pack, nigga. Fallin' with my baby mama's, playin' with my kids. Caught up in this life, I'm sending bitches straight to fit. That little nigga smoke, can't speak on what we did. Nah, living like a hoe, and he died still a bitch. Man, for one-on-ones, I'm five months. I ain't turn nothing down, don't care if niggas sized up. Some baby stone thing, tell them niggas that they time up. We the reason niggas got funerals and tents We the reason all the eyes bulls scared to come through. We the reason that's old hoods, all y'all scared to hang out. Like nigga Yenis, he was in a bounty trying to phase down. I ask about you, all your homies, they laugh about you. You ain't never slid, you can't stand around me. You ain't fully active, I can't do no song with you. My baby stones burnt, they turned the jungle to a zoo. August to the park, we gon' squabble, we gon' shoot. We gon' slide and double back and kick your cannons over too. Fuck you, fuck that, fuck you, fuck that. Army boots, army 
tell you it's more than rap. Hold a mic with my right, throw a jab, autograph, throw a dab. With my left and all that, all of that, all of that. Yeah, some sprint like they what? What? Like my windows with that tan. Bite your widow to my tan. I fuck my first move at like ten. Don't want no fishbowl in that bitch. I need my window five percent. Man, them niggas stop me. Them niggas stop me. Them niggas stop me. Why these niggas talking fucking shit? I told them pipe down. I don't need no little bitch. I fuck that bitch. They Doja Cat. Pull up in a scat pack. Windows tinted all black. Bulletproof and all that. Fuck that. Fuck you. Fuck that. Fuck you. Snot, ASAP Rocky. That song is called Doja. Uh, brand new record for Snot. Shout out 300 and the and the homies. Uh, Snot is like like one of the young dudes who I think the teenagers already love him, and I think this year is probably going to be the year that he really breaks out. And to do that track and get Rocky on it, that's like huge. His name is Snot. Yeah, Snot with a dollar sign instead of an S. I love it. Yeah, he's dope. He's super dope. And uh, another. A fellow dollar sign user ASAP Rocky on the track with him, which is super dope. And we didn't even talk about ASAP and, and Rihanna having a baby. I'm for my own, speaking of the importance of mental health in 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 respect to my own mental health. I'm gonna just move on past that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Josh. <Jay. laughs> um, no, last segment of the day. Back with you on Uncultured and Josh. There is uh, one of one of the gifts and the curses of this kind of uh, this. OTT service where everybody's there's HBO Max and there's Netflix and yes. there's all of these services that have come about. There's way too many of them. Too many. Way too many shows are getting rebooted. Yep. But one that spoke to me and that I think you'll be excited about um, is the return of Beavis and Butthead coming to Paramount Plus as adults. Yeah. So it, this they officially announced what they're doing. And it's called Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. And it's a movie that's coming out on Paramount Plus in July. And uh, Mike Judge, who is the creator of Beavis and Butthead. And if you're Josh and I and you grew up in our era, you also know that he created King of the Hill. He created Ren and Stimpy. Like all of these like classic cartoons that they just don't make cartoons like that anymore. That's Mike Judge. Um, and... Paramount Plus is it has brought him in to do Beavis and Butthead do the universe, which we talked about before um, before the holiday break because he had teased it by putting out some drawings of them of as them adults. Older. And he said, this is his quote, perhaps the dumbest space movie ever made. Beavis and Butthead are sentenced to space camp. Their obsession with a docking simulator leads to a trip to the space shuttle and they uh, reemerge. They go through a black hole, reemerge in our time. And they're going to be looking for love, figuring out new technology, uh, and being hunted by the uh, the deep state. And he did give a spoiler alert. They don't score. <laughs> <laughs> they never score. Um, and I, I, there was an obvious joke that I just blazed right past. But whenever I read Docking Simulator, I went, huh, docking <laughs> but i'm super stoked for this I, I it's gonna make me buy fucking paramount plus which i don't want to do i have it so you can take my password my uh, the uh, brother uh i'm so happy it's a movie one yeah 
and not a show because they tried to bring back Beavis and Butthead as a show. It didn't work. Yeah, they when they brought it back that time though, they didn't. They wanted it to be like current TV standards. Yes, and just it wasn't. It, it wasn't the same. Also, when that show came out, it was like revolutionary. You know what I mean? So for it, you know, like when it came out, it was just like you know, cuss words was like a big deal. Yeah, you know what I mean? And like they would play like metal on. It was just revolutionary. You do that now, and it's just like oh, we've seen it all now. You yeah, know what I mean, we're all fucking jaded. Um, so I'm glad it's a movie. I love the premise of it. Everybody loves space. And then the fact that they come back to our time, it's going to be such a funny dynamic. There's going to be so many good jokes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about it. It's not just like a straight recreate of yeah. the old one. Yeah. It's putting them in the new scenario. And if it's anything near as funny as Beavis and Butthead do America. Great movie. Timeless classic. Dude, like so, so many funny jokes. Like, you know, luckily now you could just click back and rewind shit if it's funny. Before it was a mission where something was funny. You'd have to get up, walk to the VCR hit rewind, hit play, laugh, and then hit rewind again and play, laugh again. Bro, I was just explaining to someone that <laughs> I had a Beavis and Butthead box set that was actual VHSs. That's how Man. long ago that yeah. that show was like culturally relevant. So I'm super stoked. And then um, I wish I still had this. Later, I had this box set that I think I got at Amoeba probably whenever I first moved to LA, but it was a DVD box set. And the third disc was like, 30 or 40 music videos with them like reacting to the music videos. Yeah. So it was like them watching Pantera. Just that. Oh, bro. Oh, it was so, so good. Sick. I wish I still had that somewhere. I'm, I, I might. I don't know. But Dude, what's great, great about Beavis and Butthead, it used to come out like at midnight on like Fridays or some shit like that. But my mom was always, my mom, like she had me when she was in her 20s. So she had her 20s and her 30s. So she was always out on the weekend, whatever, living her single life. So that I would always be left with my grandma. My grandma didn't know English. So she let me watch all the Beavis and Butthead I wanted <laughs> late as fuck at night. And she made me nest quick midnight, midnight. And I'm having fucking pure sugar pumped into me watching Beavis and Butthead. And she had no idea. She thought I was just watching cartoons. Yeah. At that point, it's like <laughs> if, if she doesn't speak the language, yeah. she's like, oh, he's watching cartoons. Big deal. Four scoops of, cho of sugar, powdered <laughs> chocolate, whole milk. Speaking of your childhood, uh, you love Disney. We all know this about yep. you. Yep. Um, would you want to live in a Disney neighborhood? So I'm surprised. So I got news for the news. This is nothing new. Is it not? There's a place that exists already. So, so continue and then I'll chime in. So Disney announced uh, that they are launching something called Story Living, which is going to be a series of residential neighborhoods across the U.S. Um, they say, as more fans look for new ways to make Disney a bigger part of their lives, today we are announcing Story Living by Disney. Vibrant new neighborhoods that are infused with our special brand of magic. So essentially what they're doing is, um, you know, if you've seen those golf resorts and, and things like that, they're building one of those, um, a lot of those actually, then they're going to have them across the country where you can live in a gated Disney neighborhood um, and they'll have, you know, a clubhouse and they'll have activities and entertainment entertainment and all that stuff it's just like a like a golf resort but it's yeah. disney google it people there's a place in orlando kissimmee kissimmee florida technically that's called celebration oh i i've heard of that yeah. yes yeah celebration so this already exists and i'm glad that they're expanding so to answer your question it's a big yes josh J josh celebration is so sick if you go there there's no nobody has like you you get you get those like really cool big golf carts to travel within your thing, so you can't drive your car throughout the thing. People have like you could drive your car, but they give you 
it comes with this like you know you get your own big golf cart for your whole family there's like an ice cream parlor there's like a little fire department aesthetically it's super cool all the grass is cut the same it it, it sounds weird if you're not a disney fan but 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 look at that neighborhood it's a really good neighborhood to live in so more of those around the world dude sign me up so my first impression of this was like this sounds fucking terrible <laughs> and also like hey maybe all of these like pin collector disney couples can live somewhere the fuck away from me <laughs> so, so it's a good thing for you so it's a good thing but actually at the core of it like i agree with you i mm -hmm. think it's cool i i'm i i find it interesting that they see such value proposition in mm -hmm. in building neighborhoods yeah. like this like that seems like it's really expensive to do but you know i always Anytime I've ever been like those golf resorts, you go yeah. on them and they're sick, bro. Whether you play golf or not is indifferent or inconsequential. It's think, cool. Think about it. All your neighbors, you have something in common. One. Oh, two, fucking all those Disney two, people. Two, two, two. But if you think about it, <coughs> excuse me. If you think about it, why do people like cruise ships? You go on the cruise ship. They're the best vacations because you don't got to plan anything. You don't got to cook. You don't got to drive. You don't got to do nothing. So this is like. A, you know, it's a, it's a neighborhood with people who have common interests. It's aesthetically appealing. It's adorable. It's a fantasy. It's like living in one of those movies that you've always dreamed of. So it's a, it's, it's pretty cool. I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't do it, but yeah. I, I understand. If I live there, you come visit. Yeah, for we'd, sure. We'd walk to the ice cream parlor. We'd go say hi to Mr. Doodle. The, the, I, the, the, I, I like ice cream. At the police station. <laughs> yeah, I like ice cream. That sounds cool. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be like a basketball court or something. Yes, you know? there is. Yes, yes. Stuff to do. Sick. Um, I got a couple of, uh, of interesting stories, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, so first things first. A man with 11 fingers was arrested during a traffic stop on Wednesday. Um, you laugh. Do you know where this is going? No, I don't. I just laughed at the 11 fingers. <laughs> Victor Chavez Zuninga is 27 years old, and he was driving in Orem, Utah, which is about an hour south of Salt Lake City. A cop pulled him over around 10 p.m. because he had a broken headlight. He ran uh, the Victor's ID and turned up several active warrants. So he immediately started to take Chavez Zuninga into uh, custody, cuffed him, was doing the pat down on him, takes his wallet out. Not a big deal, right? He was like, this wallet reeks. This wallet stinks really bad. Opens the wallet. Josh, do you want to, do you have any idea what might have been in the wallet? I have no idea. Piece of shit. A severed finger. A finger, another finger. Yeah, that's why he had 11 fingers. Ah, uh, <laughs> I was going to say finger, but I'm like, that doesn't make sense. He has 11 <laughs> fingers. Like, Yeah, there was a severed finger wrapped up in cloth. They said the cloth um, was dripping pus and blood and stank really badly. <gasps> they uh, unwrapped it and said that the finger was green and rotting. Oh, my God. Pus? And blood dripping. That's disgusting. Who's, whose finger was it? So this is what's crazy. <laughs> Police say that Chavez Uninga would not answer them about why he had the finger nor where it had come from. They also are unable to identify who the finger had belonged to. So they don't know. So nobody knows. So he, here's where here's the end of the story. But really, I have so many questions about this because 
He was uh, picked up on all of the other additional charges that he had, but he has now been charged with a misdemeanor of abuse or desecration of a dead human body. Misdemeanor? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> How could you desecrate a human body and that's only a misdemeanor? That feels like auto felony to me. Dude, I don't. what? What could... I don't, I don't understand. I have a lot of questions and... <laughs> Victor Zuninga is not talking about it. Yo, that's crazy. Can't figure out where the finger came from. Man. Very weird. Last one for you, though. The mayor of Hudson, Ohio, was forced to resign this week, and he's blaming his community for uh, producing negative headlines about him. So Craig Schubert is a proud man, loves his community, and until yesterday, he was the mayor of Hudson, Ohio. He has been embroiled in controversy for about a year now, though, for a variety of reasons. So he had run into some PR issues last year because he uh, went viral for going after uh, a sex ed program at the schools that was never even taught to the kids. It was just like, you know, the states come out and they give school systems recommendations over like, hey, if you want to teach this, 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 and this, these are all approved to teach. These are books you can use, yada, yada, yada. His, his city that he's in charge of was not using the books, but he was very bummed out about <laughs> the books that they were saying they could use. So he went viral for that first. Then uh, he went viral uh, for for this play that they did that he said was promoting LGBTQ ideas. So you can already tell that this is just this an old guy. fuckhead. Yeah. He's one of these dudes. Um, but what he went viral for this, this last time around um, is, and what has ultimately led to him stepping down is absolutely absurd. And I, I have the clip I have. So they, they called a session to have a vote on whether they would zone um, the city for ice fishing. The A lot of people in the community were like, hey, you know, we have this great lake in our town. We all are fishermen. We would like to do ice fishing. So, you know, you have the city council meeting and vote on it to see. Here's what he had to say. If you open this up to ice fishing, while on the surface it sounds good, then what happens next year? Does someone come back and say, I want an ice shanty? on Hudson mm. Springs Park for X amount of time. And if you then allow ice fishing with shanties, then that leads to another problem, prostitution. And now you got the police chief and the police department involved. Just data points to consider. You heard him right. <laughs> <laughs> Ice fishing, what if they want an ice shanty? And you know what that's going to lead to? Prostitution. What? What is? Does he know something about ice fishing that we don't? <laughs> yeah, I know. Is this like a common thing? <laughs> he said, uh, he, so he went super viral, super viral because of that. Because people are, uh, you couldn't see the video. Josh couldn't see the video. But if you look it up and see the video, the other like councilman that's sitting right next to him, when he says prostitution, the guy goes, and just looks at him crazy and drops his mouth open like, what are you talking about? But, but now I'm starting to think, is this a thing amongst, is this like, there's so many wives out there that saw that and are like, wait a second, my husband's always going ice fishing. 
My husband's been saying that he wants an ice fishing shanty. Dude, like bro- I wonder why. Bro- Brokeback Mountain too. It's just a bunch of dudes in an, an ice shanty. So as you could imagine, this goes super viral and was getting picked up all over different media, CNN, Fox News. Everybody's been covering this story for the last week. And so he announced yesterday that he was stepping down. And this is, this is the statement that he put out to the press about him stepping down. My comments at Tuesday's workshop were made out of concern for our community. What could become of unintended consequences of new legislation based on my prior television news reporting experience? Some in our community saw this as an opportunity to engage in personal destruction by means of character assassination, blaming me for the negative international press. So he's standing by it. He's like, hey, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you guys, if we allow ice fishing, there's going to be a lot of prostitutes here. It worries me how many of these people are in charge. I know, bro. The dude's like 80. It's like your brain is 82, clearly. You You should not be making any decisions. It's just weird. But that was my favorite thing that I've seen in the news cycle (laughs) in the past week. It's just him very matter-of-factly being like, yeah, prostitution. Prostitution, then it's a problem for the cops. Do you want the police chief to have to deal with all of these prostitutes just because we wanted to fish in the wintertime? Yeah. When it's wintertime, we stay inside, away from the whores. Away from the whores (laughs) and closer to Jesus Christ. (laughs) But that's been a show, man. Uh, It's good to be back, and we're going to close it out the way we always have. So, Josh, tell us what the pick of the week is. Oh, I'm so glad I have a pick of the week because I got so many songs just sitting in the queue, man. (laughs) So this week we got, for me, my favorite song right now on the planet. It's by the dopest chick in the game, Rosalia. And the song's called Saoko, which means in Spanish, it's like a it's like a Puerto Rican slang term for like swag or like fashion, like you know, the way you carry yourself. So this is Rosalia, Saoko. Enjoy. Chica que dices? Saoko, papi, saoko. Saoko, papi, saoko. Chica que dices? Saoko, papi, saoko. Saoko, papi, saoko. Cuando pone perla en el collar, tu bien diferente ya no son perla uno. Cuando los cubitos de hielo ya no se guarda hielo, se congela uno. Cuando te noche en el cielo y se vuelve de día, ya todo eso cambió. Cuando el caballo entra a Troya, tú te confías de Dios. Uno, yo soy muy mía, yo me transformo. No mariposa, yo me transformo. Me capto de drag queen, yo me transformo. Lluvia de estrella, yo me transformo. Pasa de vuelta, yo me transformo. Como sex siren, yo me transformo. Me contradigo, yo me transformo. Soy todas las cosas, yo me transformo. Fran me dice que abro el mundo como una nube. Si me muero, como muera, por la boca, como muere, ve. Sé quién soy, a dónde vaya, nunca se me olvida. Yo manejo, Dios me guía. El loco te loco, bebé. Quien que cuando te habla un bebé. Un tewai con tal dai, bebé La calle no vida, bebé Como un pavo real, bebé La cerilla que amar, bebé Tu cara, tu mira, bebé Si te vuelvo a besar, bebé A ver si sirven de algo Cierra la pampara Nada te puede parar Cierra la pampara Nada te puede parar y ya, toca el estilo 
Fuck el estilo Fuck el stylist Fuck el estilo De la tijera y ya Cógela y córtala 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 Back with you on Uncultured. That was Josh's pick of the week, Rosalia Sayoko. Uh, now it's time for mine, and we'll close this up and get out of here. Really happy to be back, man. Great show as always, and looking forward to being back with everybody next week. But uh, I'm going to go out the way we came in. I'm, I'm playing some hardcore. Yeah. Uh, New York hardcore legends, Scarhead, are back with a new track. I hope this means that there's an album coming. Uh, Josh, you're probably not as familiar with Scarhead, I would imagine, because no. they were never that big. But to me, whenever we were talking earlier about the kind of like metal crossover to to hip hop, um, Isaac from Scarhead was kind of leading the way with that, where he really brought a lot of... Uh, he's a, a Puerto Rican dude from New York City that had a hardcore band in the 90s and really brought a lot of hip hop hip hop flavor to it. And uh, they just out of nowhere dropped a new track yesterday called Defiance. So I'm going out with that. We'll be back with you on Uncultured next week. Here's Scarhead and Defiance. Peace. Peace. Can head off the devil